So if you think of life this way, that every day there's a new sort of rhythm that you have to get into. So, and it's going to present itself as, it, as the day unfolds. Like, do I need to spend an hour working on the label stuff, then an hour, however you lay out your day, or even a season, maybe a month. It's like, it's going to change like, like, a, like rhythm does. It's, it's got this capacity to, get, to speed up and ramp up also has a capacity to have slow times. So I just stopped trying, I guess, to say, I'm gonna give five hours to this, five hours to that, or, you know, however you achieve balance, I'm not really, you know, to go there. I just started saying, thinking of it in a way of like, getting into the rhythm of it. Welcome to Bear Tone Podcast, a podcast about Old Bear Records and Old Bear Studio in Batavia, New York. I sat down with Anthony Hoisington, one of the owners of the studio, to talk about life and the studio and how he finds a rhythm and a balance in life. I hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Coming at me. Good night. That's really. I wonder what they're fixing. <laughs> Maybe start by just introducing, talking a little bit about yourself and who you are. Yeah, man. Um, so my name is Anthony Hoisington, and um, I'm in a band called Brothers McClurg. I've been playing music um, my whole life. I grew up in a kind of a musical family with a musical background, and my parents were really into, um, well, that's what they played. They they wrote and performed um, Southern gospel music, and they toured all over the country, so... Um, we had this really big um, bus, and, and all of us kind of just crammed in there, kids and all, and uh, um, the, for the first five or six years of my life, um, I remember, remember doing that. Because your parents were touring and stuff, was that like always kind of in your mind growing up, like, yeah, I want to do that, I'm obviously going to do that, or was it more of a... Like, what was the process of deciding that you wanted to do music full time or? Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess they modeled for me like a way to um, live life where you didn't necessarily care about security. And they they kind of lived life with not a whole lot of a backup plan. And, and I think that's somewhat of a, like a musician's life is just kind of this idea that um, work will come, will come. You just have to sort of be willing to, to jump into whatever it is that is presented itself before you. So I guess I kind of grew up thinking this is what I've always wanted to do. Um, I just didn't know exactly how it was going to go, you know? And so you got to really go with the flow. He stayed in a different scale, a different key. 
did that on the other song, though. It wasn't playing yeah, it was, melody. It still works. It still works, yeah. How did the idea for the studio come about and and just talk about that journey? Yeah, so I I had rented a space in um, in this really old uh, warehouse in um, in New York, and um, we decided it, it was a it was a, a, a factory for tractors, um, like harvesting tractors. So those massive um, tractors. Um, and so they had thousands of employees, a lot of them just coming back from um, uh, the war. And so it was, a re- it was a really bustling place. But anyway, somewhere in the 70s, it started to die down. And so um, they had this idea, this incubation, business incubation idea, where basically they chopped up the space into different rooms and you could rent them for really cheap to sort of start your business. So. The band that I'm in decided to rent a really small room at first just to have a place to write, to um, record just really archaic, you know, like really simple demo, like scratch demos for projects, for our particular projects. And uh, um, so we did that for about five years and then decided that um, we were were going to do a Christmas project and... We said, man, if we maybe we should just try to instead of instead of instead of raising all the money and and going to a really nice studio, maybe we should just invest it back into some into some our own, of our own gear so that we could we could reuse it, um, maybe even sell it and and still have and like regain some money back and so, <laughs> you know to use it towards other things. And so we did that. We we rented this. We rented a, a much bigger space in in this warehouse. And um, <clears throat> set it all up with really the intention of recording just that one project and then possibly getting out. Maybe, maybe talking about opening a studio, but it really wasn't there. It was like, well, I don't know anybody else in my life that would want to record in a factory where, where you have to stop. I mean, there's people above you. There's people beside you. There's people below you. Every once in a while, there's like a cart, you know, like a huge, I mean, because there's there's people doing some industry in here, you know, so they're like doing some heavy lifting. There's forklifts and beeps and people talking. And so we just, you know, it, it never really, at first didn't really cross my mind. How are we going to make this work for like the average consumer that like wants to record music? We thought it was really beautiful to us to be able to record with like working people because that's kind of how we have always felt about ourselves and our music is we don't do it the easy way. It's not music that's always accessible to every single person that listens to it. So we should we should go to a place where we feel like we're putting in time too. I just slowly had friends call me from all over the place, not just local, but from all over saying, hey, can I record, before you sort of dissolve this, can I record my project there?
And then at that point, we kind of felt like maybe we should keep it going. And, and with Paul Mitro, who's the other owner of the space, who was our front of house guy for many years, he has the drive. And so with him on board, we were like, okay, we probably could sustain something here. And um, because we have limited knowledge, he has the most. Um, and so, you know, one project led to the next and, and led to the next. And so we've been doing it for three years and it's been fun. One thing you mentioned is uh, like investing back into yourself. For like my parents' generation, that's like, that's not really, people don't really do that. So we were just talking about this the other day that like the, the youngest generation right now is less concerned with, and maybe they should be, I don't know, but they're less concerned with um, the, the pension and even health insurance, like for the, the immediate, um, to take jobs that they feel are more fulfilling. So they won't go and make fact, they won't make sponges in a factory like maybe our previous generations for stability because that won't make, that won't fulfill them, you know? Um, and so they are, you know, there's this drive to sort of live on the edge and take jobs that aren't paying as much or have really great benefits at all, but make them in, like they can, they can stand waking up in the morning and driving home feeling like they did something to better the world, better themselves, maybe both, you know? And so I think to be a studio right now is really exciting. Even though the, the industry trend is downward, I think there are still people out there that are willing to um, take their, their only two-week vacation that they have at their job to come and record. Can you just like talk a little bit about the maybe struggles or the balancing act of like balancing like a day job, balancing stuff with the band that you're doing and then balancing all this, this stuff, this new stuff with the studio. So can you just talk about like the process of juggling everything? Yeah, I've had like, it's been a really, it's been a, a huge struggle for me and I'm really tired and I have four kids and a wife and, um, and so it has been a struggle for me to keep it all straight. And it still is to even like waking up this morning. I guess, I guess for me, the trick has always been um, music. So it all re relates back to what I want to do, whether it's helping promote my, you know, other uh, uh, label mates and their music, it's still is music to me. And so whether it's shooting a video for them or, Whatever it is, you know, I, I think it's it's always been about music. Um, and so, but but my friend Mark said to me that it's impossible to achieve balance in life. And so don't go after balance. That balance is like the, it's like a false sense of security that's never going to be there. Because you're forever going to be adding weights to one side of the, the teeter-totter, you know. And it just gets heavier and heavier. Really, what it needs to be is finding, um, always being open to rhythm. So, like, if you think of, like, rhythm like drums, if a human being sits down at the drums, it's going to slow down and speed up depending on the, the, the song. 
you know, you find that with a lot of younger bands, you know, that if they're not playing to a click track that keeps them pretty, pretty centered on, on it, they'll start off at one speed and typically they'll either go really fast or they'll go really, really slow as the song ends. So, so if you think of life this way, that every day there's a new sort of rhythm that you have to get into. So, and it's going to present itself as, as the day unfolds. Like, do I need to spend an hour working on the label stuff, then an hour, however you lay out your day or even a season, maybe a month. It's like, it's going to change like, like a, like rhythm does. It's, it's got this capacity to get to speed up and ramp up also has a capacity to have slow times. And as long as you're able to like, like a musician, as long as you're able to play along with that, then you will be, you know, you, you still will pull your hair out and, and be tired. But, but you understand that um, there's, it gives and takes, you know, there's, there's moments of back and forth. So I just stopped trying, I guess, to say, I'm going to give five hours to this, five hours to that, or, you know, however you achieve balance, I'm not really, you know, to go there. I just started saying, thinking of it in a way of like getting into the rhythm of it. And, and what does it need for me today? And, and what are my boundaries for it? You know, like I just shut it off at certain points and I have to do that. That's all part of the rhythm. Thanks for listening to Baritone Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Anthony and I ended up talking for like almost two hours, uh, there's a lot of content that we couldn't feature in this episode. So tune back again for part two of this interview with Anthony. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.